I was walking uh, somewhere a couple weeks ago. Oh, it was uh, my daughter's end of swim season, like banquet, you know, where they give out the awards and that kind of stuff. And I was almost late because I was like, I stopped. Like I had to get out and go and look and take a picture of this. Um, yes. This is a sign outside a tiny little building it, that is someone's apartment. Okay. I was going to say, say someone definitely like lives there, right? Resi- it's got to yeah. be residential. Yep. Yeah. Columbus Puppetry Guild meet hangout public welcome this was december 18th from two to four uh ben i didn't even notice what the words were fucking about because i thought you were gonna say look how it's laid out in five different fonts as word poetry that is hard to read and Mm -hmm. then you started reading the words and i was like why is he reading the words there oh my god puppetry guild it's not the sign makers yeah. guild, okay? It's not the sign makers no, guild. No, it's not. <laughs> and to be fair, you're absolutely right. It is terrible layout for yeah. yeah, terrible, terrible job laying all that out. Okay, but there is a puppetry guild, and on the other side of that sign, it's about that it's a puppet museum, and you can and public welcome. But it was also only in the middle of December that you could uh, check out the museum. The previous sign, uh, serial killer victims welcome here. Uh, There's not as successful as applicants wanted. Uh, Yeah, it's uh, okay. Okay. Every one of my interests is stupid, and I am a pitiable (laughs) wretch. But even I am like, come on, guys! Like, no, I, I feel so much sadness. We will, of course, post this picture so you can all see this and see what your reaction is, Uh, uh, audience. But, uh, okay, at first, I wanted to make fun of it, okay? And I did. Uh, Check. Yeah, check, no problem. But, okay, it's, like you said, Grant, it's people like, okay, I guess, hey, for the puppetry folks, go knock yourselves out. Honestly, if it was upcoming, I would go to it. I don't want to get into puppeteering. I don't want to get into puppetry or puppet making or any of that kind of stuff. I think, I think if any one of us were making even digital puppets for others to use, what a loser they would be. Hey, uh, anyway, um, what a fool! I, I don't want to get into it, but I am kind of curious. Like, what could that be like? What is going on with all of this? Um, probably some cool dudes. I bet it's some cool dudes, um, as in like nice people. Hey, Jim Henson had to get started somewhere, Grant. We wouldn't have the Muppets if it weren't for Puppeteer Guild. It's not Columbus Muppetry Guild. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's not a puppet, and it's not a... It's not quite a mop, and it's not quite a puppet. The the courts have made that very clear. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) There's a famous ruling. uh, It's not quite a a mop, but I know it when I see it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But people are definitely getting killed in there, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll, I'll tell you what's going on in there 100% for sure. Are There are people who are repressing feelings um, mm. and avoiding dealing with childhood trauma. That's what that sign says to me. Mm. I, can read, I can read a bunch of different fonts. And when you go from pineapple to something serif like that, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, even, including hurting. the like stencil one, like where there's lines missing in it, you know, mm. so, like the classic old yeah. stencil that you would paint through. Corey. And, and and Matt and Grant. So walking by, I've, this has been there for a long time, as you can tell, because you know this was a couple months ago that this happened. This um, is the Royal and Ancient Puppetry Guild. I've yeah, wa- it's a guild. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, they don't just the, hand those out. The the King of America or somewhere like granted them a guildship, and uh, so I have seen through that window. There are blacklight posters in that apartment. Oh, does that that does not at all go with this? No, no, I would not have guessed like, that. Like, 
probably of dragons or something, but you can tell based on like, you know, the kind of neon ink and a, the black background. It's a um, blacklight poster of Sandra Day O'Connor. Of course it's dragons and wizards and shit. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> what other blacklight posters do yeah, they make? The classic one of like all, uh, <laughs> all 50 states and the U.S. presidents around it or something yes. like that. It's a blacklight poster. <laughs> Let's make weird blacklight posters. <laughs> okay, I do like that of idea Of course now. there's dragons and wizards. That's of course what they have. Okay. Naked ladies, hell yeah. You, okay, I think, the, I think the break-in point is the hang in there, kitty. But in blacklight. Yes. Mm. Yeah. It opens up, you're like, oh, I guess you can do normal posters. And then after that, it'll just be like, you know, mind the gap in blacklight. Any of those pitiable ones. I mean, back, I, I can't get off the president's one. That You've got like the poster of all the, here's the poster of all the presidents. And you aren't a teacher and you're hang, not hanging it in a classroom. Who the hell are you? Who has that poster like in your dorm room? <laughs> you, need, you need the the pull down black light of the map, but then it's also like a map of South America. Like it's got all the different pull downs. If you're the teacher, it's got the black light post. Black man. Yeah. Hey, about a month ago, uh, we did a an episode that looked back at the newspaper of record, at least for Putnam County, Ohio, where we grew up. And it was kind of fun. We looked back at an issue from, I believe it was 1915, and it was kind of fun to see all the things uh, that were quite different um, about, especially all the horse fucking. Uh, go back and check it out. <laughs> Less than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out newspapers in 1915 were tinder for horses and nothing more. But <laughs> this week... Um, we're going to do the Putnam County Sentinel Part 2. Uh, we're going to do a few issues from 1975. I was curious with this idea of what did they say about key world events. There's a couple things that we're going to look at this week, gang. One, some good old funny shit. Uh, two, uh, there are a couple editorials about what they thought about Vietnam or the Vietnam War. Um, so we'll definitely talk about that. Um and then, whereas the last one was, goddamn, things were weird in the past, this one is that nearly 40 years later, holy shit, it's still the same. Ancient uh, change. Ben, Ancient if you're about to tell me you can changed. get a horse to fuck you for 15 bucks, I'm going to be shocked. <laughs> While the price of eggs is through the roof, Corey, uh, <laughs> horse cum is still the same. Sound Aww. as a pound, baby. Um, yeah. You go up. So... <laughs> Otherwise, my retirement's fucked. <laughs> it's, it's all in it. That's what it's all Heavily in. Heavily leveraged in horse gum. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Uh, little Captain Travis, here's a quick disclaimer. Uh, religion, alternative medicine, eh, we're going to make fun of some of those things. That's my guess anyway. So, eh, shut up. Um, if you don't like it, I mean, hey, it's a it's a comedy podcast. Don't You don't have to take us seriously. Um, ben, are you... Are you saying four random idiots aren't the arbiter of what people are allowed to believe? <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that's correct. So this is a fun one for a couple other reasons. So, okay, anyway, let's get into it. So from the uh, one article on the front, pra- front page, sirens call to prayer. Churches, firemen, law enforcement agencies, emergency medical technicians, and village officials in the Ottawa and Glendorf communities have adopted a resolution urging that, quote, the sound of a siren is the call to prayer. End quote. 
The Reverend Robert Nida, pastor of Trinity United Methodist Church, said the purpose of the rev- resolution is twofold. Quote, First of all, it's a way of saying thank you to the vital people in the area who provide aid and services. And secondly, the short prayers might do more good than a million dollars worth of aid, end quote. <laughs> like, this is like every time you hear a fire alarm, you should pray, okay? And it might do more than a million dollars worth of aid. He goes on, quote, Obviously, the resolution does not advocate a 30-minute petition to the Lord on hearing a siren, but rather just a gut-level prayer of God bless and protect for the people involved. <laughs> so, Good check. Hold on. God bless and protect. Hold on. <laughs> so, hold on. So these prayers could do more than a million dollars worth of good. And he's like, but don't go, don't go nuts don't with it. I mean, go don't go in on it. Don't clog right. the phone lines. Just, uh, you know, uh, I hope it's all good. Um, so here is the uh, resolution. It, okay, quote, whereas the sound of a siren is usually a symbol of distress caused by a fire or emergency medical needs or the protection of life and property, and whereas the firemen, emergency medical technicians, and police are daily dealing with life and death situations, many times placing their own lives in jeopardy, be it therefore resolved that the following organizations urge that the sound of a siren is the call to prayer for the persons in distress and for those offering assistance and aid, and further urge that the prayers be simple and direct. <laughs> it's in the resolution. Please. Keep it short. Please. Keep We've it to a couple said this of words. Before. I don't know how many times. I, I can't stress this enough. Do not put a lot of thought into this prayer. Just, We're just rip, cut fire check, a people. couple off from the hip. My God, guys, guys, yeah. <laughs> that didn't that that didn't seem to make it down to our generation. So was at one point was this ever overturned? Was there a, a, a motion uh, I, to suspend I, I don't the know. gut I, check prayer? <laughs> gut check. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I, I am not a good journalist, uh, but uh, I did not. So here's another one, real quick. Uh, Vandals smash eighteen windshields, and it goes on to talk about. How two pickup trucks, five cars uh, in Ottawa, two more trucks, five more cars in Lipsick, four others, windshields in Deschler. So over one night, like all these windshields were smashed. So as many in the listening audience are residents of Putnam County, Ohio, Lipsick, Ottawa, Deschler, etc., if your parents ever told a story about driving around one night and smashing a whole shitload of windshields, uh, it made the paper on uh, April 9th. And please write in and tell us, I'm sure the statute of limitations has expired. What the fuck were they thinking? <laughs> Legally, no one can touch you if you admit to a crime. <laughs> okay, uh, there's, a, there's a couple that relate to the fire department here. The article... Warnament fire loss at $9,000. Fire did approximately $9,000 damage to the two-story brick house of Mr. and Mrs. Verl Warnament, Route 2, Ottawa, when flames broke out about 4.50 p.m. last Wednesday and damaged the basement and two walls. Mrs. Warnament told Fire Chief Eugene Deemer that she discovered the fire when the basement filled with smoke. There was smoke damage throughout the house. Damage was estimated at $7,000 to the house and $2,000 to the contents. Article 1. Wait for comment. Hold for comment. Hold. Hold it. Almost there. (laughs) Hold it. The second part of this article. Two-car fire interrupts annual fireman's party. 
Ottawa firemen were conducting their annual benefit party at the Eagles Hall last Wednesday evening when they were called away to fight a fire which destroyed one car and damaged another. So first of all, if you have any idea how much drinking goes on in our town. Say, they, that it destroyed one fireman's car and damaged another when they wrecked into each other trying to leave the parking lot. Okay. But, yeah, they don't estimate the damage for uh, the, the drunk rush to these fires. But, right, so they were called, to, uh, called away to fight a fire. Firemen were on the scene quickly when the alarm was turned in about 9.15 p.m. Okay, they couldn't have been that drunk yet. Um, an auto owned by Carl Gassman was destroyed, and one sitting nearby owned by Ray Bluebaugh of Pandora was badly damaged. The cars were parked behind Don's Bar on West Main Street. He estimated damage to Gassman's car at $13.50 and to Bluebaugh's at $500. A cigarette butt which fell into the car seat probably started the fire, Deemer said. Okay, now, comment time. First, was the fire the fire chief did a whole lot of estimating back then. I'd <laughs> right. say thir- thirteen fifty. I'll that give car. you thirteen fifty. <laughs> and that's my final now, offer. Over here, over here, all like all I can do over here on is five hundred. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we're gonna have another fire one coming up in a little bit, but uh, yeah, so far yeah. we're very fire heavy in uh, in in April mm-hmm. of seventy five. A lot of lot of fires going on. So more serious. So here's the first one, um, an editorial. Uh, you've got uh, Israel and Egypt, um, and you've got Kissinger trying to be in the middle of it. So they're going to mention the Middle East. That's what they're talking about. Time of reassessment. Events in the Middle East and in Southeast Asia have dealt two hammer blows to the United States policy. In consequence, a, bl- a broad reassessment is underway in Washington. There are compelling reasons for such a reassessment, and there is also wide divergence in views on what ought to be done. The debacle in South Vietnam leads some to argue that the United States ought to pump a lot more money into the area in a last-ditch attempt to avert disaster for the governments in Saigon and Phnom Penh. This has been essentially the administration's view over the past several weeks of debate on aid. Even the administration may be having second thoughts as to the wisdom of such a course, however. In an exclusive interview with the Los Angeles Times reporters a short time ago, President Ford acknowledged that in light of the deteriorating situation in South Vietnam and Cambodia, a new look would have to be taken at our position in that part of the world. Our view, and I assume meaning the Sentinel, our view is that to pour more military aid would only have the effect of prolonging the interminable bloodshed in Indochina without promising the eventual defeat of communist forces. One must also dare to ask the question whether the past and present agony of millions of little people in the region is not worse than whatever might the outcome be or whatever might be the outcome of resolving the civil war that has persisted for two decades. He talks a little bit more then about the Middle East and Kissinger. First things, first things, first things, first things. I just want to say that I, I honestly don't see not just the Sentinel, but most newspapers saying, are, is this war, whatever quagmire war that the United States might be involved in, is this worth continuing and was it worth the bloodshed that's it there's good folks and they're asking questions i mean i, I it's not a, a warmongering kind of area at least like in the hearts of those people so the first thing is like damn that's a tough thing to write the second he doesn't show the math of the millions of little people like how many big people is <laughs> right <laughs> what about the big one people? little agent what's the exchange rate how many little <laughs> to one big <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Millions of little people in the region. (laughs) I I don't even know what he could possibly mean by that. I just. (laughs) They mean it like it's all them little, them little Asian people. 
So it's a noble thing, but it is 1975, millions of those little people. It's possible they meant the little guy and not the politician, but there's no reference then in the other thing too, you know, the big people, the important people, the politicians. It's just casualties that he's talking about. So yeah, the millions of little people in the region. So, so first, you know, that's the first comment on the war. Um, there's an article. So the short version is that, you know, times are tough. And so a lot more people were getting into home canning, but people were also getting botulism and shit. And so uh, they were going to have like an educational thing at the school in Continental. Um, but, okay, so that wraps up and here's where you can do it. Next headline, wet metal. Mercury will not solidify until frozen to minus 38.85 degrees centigrade or become a gas until boiled at 356.9 degrees C. Glass dipped in liquid mercury emerges dry. The, quote, metal of a thousand uses, end quote, is produced at an annual rate of 10,000 tons. That's the article front to back. That's the article, folks. Wet <laughs> metal. Like, if someone in 1975 in Ottawa was really going like, well, I'll be damned. I <laughs> <All> think <right. laughs> they got a wet metal. I think the editor's child's uh, science homework got slipped in the, the paperwork and ended up on the press. Uh, I just can't imagine, like, what the point of this? This is like those old ads where they're like, BASF, we don't make things, we make them better. Like, what are you and how do I? In- how am I involved in this? Can any of you, any of you, tell me where you would go to buy mercury in our hometown? Well, by the time we were kids, they realized this is bad. <laughs> so we shouldn't have it around. I don't know where you could but buy like, it anywhere. Most of that incredibly tiny article just consisted of proving that the metal is in fact wet. Well, I mean, it doesn't <laughs> freeze until this temperature. It doesn't boil until yeah, so this temperature. He, the and then it's got a thousand uses. Settling a bet with a drinking buddy. Like, no. <laughs> the, the night before, they were like, hell, that metal ain't wet. That, yeah, I've seen solid mercury. And he's like, no, it is too wet. And then it, the next day, he just publishes an article. Mercury oh, is a liquid between these two temperatures. But the problem with is he put it in centigrade. No way in hell that his buddy understands what the hell centigrade is. That's not even a real word. Yep. I sure as hell don't know what it means. Okay. We're going to go over to April 23rd. So this is kind of interesting to me, or it caught my eye, because it said, Young Doctors announced plans for $200,000 osteopathic clinic in Ottawa. And it's that the doctors John C. Beery and James Ogle have announced their intentions to construct a, an office east, east of town and blah, blah, blah. Hey, so, okay, how about that? The, doc, our, the doctors that we went to for our life, right? Yes, um, I love, this is like watching Breaking Bad and then suddenly they do like a, let's go back in time and you see like Gus Fring in Mexico. You know, I, I love, mm-hmm. this is like our life, but like the- How about the, that? The, the retro episode, yeah. And it's like these two young guys are coming in. And I was like, osteopathic? What the hell is that about? Go to osteopathy in Wikipedia and you will find that it is quackery, my friends. Yes, quackery. Yeah. So here's what this is about. And these guys were DOs, okay? A DO, doctor of osteopathy or whatever the fuck it is. They have to do all the medical crap, Mm -hmm. okay? They have to do the real MD things that to pass the state boards and stuff, at least as of the time that they were doing this and in modern times as well. But they also did this stuff that at the time there was like some popularizing stuff. It's chiropractic stuff, like standing on someone's butt and lifting up their legs. And there's one that's like, uh, what was it called? 
Craniosacral therapy has no therapeutic value and has been labeled <laughs> as pseudoscience and quackery. And I can remember like some of this weird stuff. It's like you'd go and say I'm sick and then they would also wiggle your head. The idea behind <laughs> osteopathy is that all diseases comes from your bones. Okay. <laughs> like bonitis. <laughs> it is interesting that that was the, uh, that's, you know, you flip open and it's like, well, son of a bitch. That's when they were. Building the fake doctor's office in our town. Yeah, I I was recently uh, trying to establish a, a primary care doctor, so I'm looking up, like, all right, who takes my insurance? Okay, I can go to this clinic. Who are the doctors there? And, you know, a- every one of them has different initials behind their name. I don't know what all the damn, like, different types of doctors are, but a lot of them mm-hmm. were DOs. Oh, what's that? Osteopathy. Oh, what's that? And it's like, it is a... It focuses on preventative care with developing attitudes for holistic approach to lifestyle. And I was like, what the fuck? This is a doctor? Mm. And then it's like, oh, yeah, well, that's the doctor I've been going, I, I went to Matt, as a kid. And that's all of those words are the leading cause of vaginal dryness. <laughs> <laughs> I hate everything you just said. Yeah. Yeah. If it was, okay, uh, your holistic view of things like, yes, a good diet and yep, exercise yep, and yep. stuff, that's good for you. And that should be part of your healthcare regimen. But that's not what it is. You know, it's like. Well, I just have to wiggle your head and like put my finger in your ear and and I have to just pet you in a strange way. But don't tell your parents about this or you'll never get well again. You know, whatever. You're right. The the, the Wikipedia page uh, picture is a guy standing on someone's butt pulling their leg. I've and I kind of want that like seen that old timey tattoo, you know, like of a guy. So know, anyway, yeah. let's let's move on. There's something that we're going to come back to in here, but just uh, here's an, a nice old timey bit. Will Flush Fire Hydrants. That's the title. Fire hydrants in Ottawa will get their annual spring cleaning next week, but it may cause a slight inconvenience for local ladies who are doing their spring house cleaning. Service Director Dewey Williams said the hydrants will be flushed Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and thus will probably cause temporary roiling of water in the neighborhood. Classic uh, typo in there, um, because I assume boiling, but, but whatever. Will cause temporary roiling of water in the neighborhood for several hours. He requests that women doing washing to test the water first to be sure no dirty water is drawn into the washers. Anyway, kind of funny that it's like, ladies, you're going to complain about the fire hydrant <laughs> thing because they're trying to wash lo- their clothes. Ben, that was essentially like, well, we better put a uh, better put a warning about this water boiling up in like the Elks Lodge because the women are going to be bitching and the men should be known. <laughs> men, men should be told that the <laughs> yeah. Stay at the bar extra late that day. <laughs> like, warning, moodiness. Due to uh, poisoned water, the wives will be working overtime. And we'll... um, all right, let's move on to April 30th of 1975. Page one starts um, with an article about the, the Putnam County Fair schedule is revisited. Uh, uh, or is revised, I'm sorry. Uh, Grant, can you tell me one thing about the Putnam County Fair that is sort of notable? It was the first fair, at one point in time, it was the first fair in Ohio. Yes, yes. And it's like June or some dumb shit like yeah, that, right? Yeah, June, early or yeah, mid-June. Yeah. It, this is all about that, Grant. So it was moved from like August to be the first fair, and then they moved it again to try to be the first fair, but then it apparently was over the local factory vacations. <laughs> the so this one is like, let's move it again over the 4th of July weekend. 
so we don't mess with the 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 local because attendance was down when it was over the factory vacation weekend. So they're just really chasing that. Like we got to be the first one in Ohio. We got to be the first one that goes. Because otherwise, there's nothing notable. <laughs> right. <laughs> it is the only. Otherwise, thing. where Ben? Where would Delaware be without that first state thing? Like, where would they be? <laughs> oh my God! Without Delaware, the first state. What else? It's the first state. It's the, like it's that's the not first. first place. We're the first. It's the first place. Okay. Uh. Headline, $18,000 fire damage at Clayman Home. Uh, <laughs> damage say, has been estimated uh, at... Someone probably fell asleep <laughs> smoking, and uh, let's call it $18,000. <laughs> I assume the dog fell asleep smoking. Damage has been estimated at $18,000. A neighbor uh, saw the flames from across the road and awakened the family at 420. <laughs> uh, I get it. I get it. Mrs. Clayman and her children were unaware of the fire, which started in the garage, until telephone calls were received from Mrs. Coles. <laughs> I just got that. She called a gr- like, ring, ring, ring. Hey. Ring, ring, ring. Hey, wake up. Hello? Your house is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, put on your clothes and run across. It's, it's April. Run across the street and tell them. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't realize that until just now. I better send her um, a card. <laughs> Okay. Dear Agnes. Um, <laughs> How are you? So 30, 34 firemen <laughs> fought the... Oh, wait. Nope. This makes sense. This actually makes sense. Uh, oh, no. It does not. Never mind. It does not. The, the husband was out and didn't know about the fire till he came home later. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, okay. It was... Ring, ring. Pick up. Ring, ring, ring. Ring, ring, ring. Hello. It's four in the morning. Well, your house is on fire. Sorry to wake you. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking lazy bitch. Anyway, um, a whole bunch of firemen uh, fought the stubborn fire. It destroyed the attached garage and a 1972 model automobile inside it. Uh, it burned its way into the attic above the house and through the roof and did extensive smoke and water damage to the inside of the home and its furnishings. Fire Chief Eugene Deemer said the fire broke out in an area around the food freezer in the garage. Mrs. Clayman said that she and the children left the house and discovered an overhead garage door open. She closed the door before going to bed at night. The family's pet dog was sleeping in the garage and was rescued before the flames became too intense. She said the car was not burning when she first saw the fire, but she was unable to get it out of the burning garage. I like how they question her, like, why the hell didn't you get the car out of the garage? If you saw it was in there, why didn't you get the car out of the garage? That's a 72 Stupid model. Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> flames were shooting 10 feet into the air above the garage roof when the fireman arrived, Deemer said. Um, so the facts that they just mentioned here, this one was just interesting because it's like, Okay, now she said that the garage door was open when she came home earlier, and she shut it, okay? And the dog was in there. Mm-hmm. Well, what the fuck does that have to do with anything of, like, how it might... Why are, Why does it matter that it was open and then was closed? What Are you, are you implying something? Yeah, or, it's like the... Yeah, it sounds know. like the dog did it. Yeah. Well, I know the dog was in there. Probably smoking. It sounds like a like a lawyer's cross examination in a courtroom drama on TV. So you say as you're going to bed, the <laughs> garage door overhead was open. But why was the dog in there if the garage door was open? Let's move on to page two. Let's. <laughs> Just real quick, there's an article titled "Power Squadron Plans Summer Activities." <laughs> Pretty sweet, right? Just leave it um, there. What's the Power Squadron? Turns out American gladiators. No, uh, and, and this even does say. 
So it, this is, it started, okay, recreational watercraft begin to reappear on the waterways throughout the area as the weather warms. The United States Power Squadron, a volunteer group devoted to safe boating through education, has begun to organize its activities. And I'm like, holy shit, you picked the Power Squadron? At the, ver- at the end of the article, the United States Power Squadrons were established in 1914 and continue to operate as a self-supporting nonprofit organization. It is America's largest boating education organization with more than 90,000 members and more than 400 squadrons across the United States. The Power Squadron? Goddamn. I want to be the Power Squadron until I found out what it it? was. Yeah, I would watch that cartoon. I would listen to the I would listen to the Dare program if it was called the Power Squadron. Like that's a powerful name. Uh International Wrestling, Ottawa Armory, Sunday, May 4th, 7.30. There's a picture of the wrestler, Tony Marino. Grant, probably, he was a, he was a real dude. Uh, he, wrestled, he was a tag team with Bruno San Martino. So anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is in quotes, okay? I have purchased this ad to tell you the best news you have ever heard. <laughs> I have signed a contract to meet Killer Brooks right here in Ottawa at the Armory Sunday night. I have promised Brooks $5,000 win, lose, or draw to make him sign to meet me. Because last Sunday on TV24, in front of thousands of peoples, Brooks viciously attacked and hurt a dear friend of mine, Jack Kane, who is not even a wrestler. Brooks, you will pay for this. And you'll pay in the Ottawa Armory Saturday night or Sunday night. Mm. All you all you people who are fans of Killer Brooks, be sure to be at the Armory in Ottawa because it'll be the last time you ever see Killer Brooks. I guarantee it. <laughs> also, my thanks to the promoter for changing the card to enable me to attain this match. Tony Marino. Ooh, boy. Hell yeah. That is delicious. This is uh, the best news you have ever heard. <laughs> I purchased this ad to tell you how rad something's gonna now, be. Now printing that right next to the Power Squadron thing makes it not the best news I've ever heard. I mean, he's that's just a very unfortunate. <laughs> that's true. I love how you know we're we're this like you know national entertainment. You wouldn't need to f- create all the entire backstory in the ad itself. So it's like, okay, you don't know who I am. You don't know anybody else. Let me, let me catch you up to speed here. Okay, so there's a bad yep. guy, and you're not going to like him. But I'm the good one, and I'm going to come in, and I'm going to do bad things to that bad guy. <laughs> okay. It works. Uh, some might say that nothing exciting ever happens in this sleepy town, but all right, this is pretty exciting. Bond set for pair and bank heist plan. That's right. These guys were planning a bank heist in Pandora, Ohio. Bond has been set for $5,000 each for two men charged with conspiracy to rob the First National Bank of Pandora. And two more men have been charged with obstructing justice in the case, according to the FBI. The FBI, folks. Ooh. George Burkholder, 32 of Bluffton, and Ted Vickery, 26 of Lima, are being held in the Allen County Jail following their appearance last Wednesday before the U.S. Magistrate. Uh, Meanwhile, their attorney... uh, their attorney, John Sable of Lima, and a Finley man, Dennis Contras, have been in charge by the have been charged by the FBI with obstructing, resisting, and opposing an FBI search of an automobile in connection with the arrest of the two men. The two suspects were arrested on Tuesday afternoon blah, 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 after they officers said they had staked out the bank for several days. Then they'd been in the bank Monday of last week. The warrant alleges that the pair met on at least three different occasions to plan the holdup and attend intended to kidnap the bank president and hold him hostage in <laughs> until the bank opened the following week. The conspiracy was disclosed to authorities through an informant who had participated in early stages of the planning. 
Um, uh, the uh, U.S. attorney said that they determined arrests should be made before they actually like went to do it because it was starting to get pretty serious, which we'll hear about more in the next article. Um, he said he learned of the conspiracy. Oh, the bank president said he learned of the conspiracy through news reports. Um, he hadn't been contacted by any law enforcement. Um, uh, something about a car. If, con if convicted of conspiracy to rob a bank in this violent way that you'll hear about, they pay... They face possible jail time, sentence of one year, and a fine of up to three hundred dollars. <laughs> three hundred bucks. <laughs> Their bail was five thousand. Oh the man! Ba the bond was five thousand dollars to let them out, and if they <laughs> yeah, they the most they have no to pay more than three hundred dollars. Let's go rob a fucking bank in Pandora. Tough, Let's fair. go rob a fucking Tough, bank. But fair. The... <laughs> you guys, it's going to be easier than you think. Just wait till you hear how you get out. Okay, the next week in the Sentinel. Front page. Bank robbery. Accused <laughs> bank robber says U.S. laws don't affect him. Go on. A story rivaling television. A story rivaling a television script was unfolded last Friday during a preliminary hearing before a U.S. district judge of two men whose attempt to rob a Pandora bank was thwarted by the FBI and local police officials. One of the two men charged in a conspiracy to rob the First National Bank of Pandora told the judge he feels he is not bound by laws of the United States. And that statement has cost him the possibility of going free on bond. <laughs> George Burkholder of Bluffton and Ted Vickery of Lima were arraigned before a federal magistrate. Um, Burkholder said during the hearing he felt he was not under U.S. laws. When the hearing was over, Judge Bernstein agreed to release Vickery if he could post 10% of his $5,000. He refused to reduce Burkholder's because he doesn't feel that he's <laughs> bound by government laws. So <laughs> like, yeah, he's probably not going to be coming back if I let him go. Testimony was made by a third person who cooperated with the FBI, including a transmitter taped to his body to provide tape-recorded conversations we got about the alleged bank robbery. We got a rat. And I love this. He's a total sick rat. But right. uh, this is... All right, so in 1970s, bank robbery that they're planning, and this guy's wearing a wire. And he's got, like, I assume, the white medical tape taped across his hairy chest, and it's just a little mini walkie-talkie, right? Stri this is straight out of... Uh, uh, like a cop drama oh, or, yeah. or movie, right? Yeah. That's what you're picturing? Yeah. All right, mm -hmm. it continues to be straight out of one. Um, also during the hearing, Burkholder spoke of a vision of Christ and the fact that he had been thinking about robbing a bank for a long time. All my actions are dictated by God, he said. So, <laughs> normal. Um, he also told a judge he did not consider himself a divorced man because, his, because of his belief that laws did not concern him. <laughs> He asked to represent himself after his attorney withdrew from the case, but the court appointed one for him. Mm. I like that. He's sitting there going, and also I'm not even divorced. And the, the attorney's like, uh, check, please. Can I get a check? Can I get, can I get a check? Let's get my check. Let's get my check. Uh, first witness to the stand was the rat um, who said that they, um, Burkholder approached him and said, you know, asked him to participate in a robbery. Um, he agreed to wear a transmitter after uh, things got... Things went different. Um, I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing to move through this. So he then told the information. Oh, so he told the FBI about it and ha what was going to happen. <laughs> so according to the FBI agent, the conversation talked of, quote, wasting the marshal if necessary. You know, the, who, the guy at the bank. And that's when this guy was like, I don't want to get involved in that. The next morning, the trio was to leave uh, the residence and go get the guns, blah, 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 blah. Later during uh, the hearing, the informant was called to the stand to testify that he had met Burkholder uh, back when they were both in the Allen County Jail. He said that Burkholder approached him on the evening of the first robbery planning 
and asked him if he was interested in making $100,000. He replied, quote, I always am. <laughs> I've been saying that hey, since day one. I'm are you always interested in interested. making $100,000? I always am. Every time someone asks, you better believe it. Yeah, I've no. never said no to the oh, question man. of, are you interested in making $100,000? So... Yeah, then he told him of his plan, and then um, he testified that he had contacted the FBI agent, was thinking it over. He did not want to become involved in, quote, wasting the marshal, quote. Um, Burkholder was asked to testify against the advice of his attorney, or he asked to testify against the advice of his attorney. He was asked about his marital state and said uh, he was married. Asked whether his wife had obtained a divorce, he said, quote, I do not recognize the United States government and therefore consider myself still married, end quote. He also told about a vision he supposedly had a few years ago about Christ, who told him, quote, you will establish your heart according to righteousness, end quote. Burkholder also said God had told him that any government that allows various sinful acts, such as support of homosexuals, is not a proper guideline for instruction. He admitted that he had been thinking for some time of robbing a bank in order to support his gambling habits. Mm. <laughs> he told the judge he had not worked steady for the last year, but had received a lot of income from gambling. But he kept no record from it and spent it all. <laughs> he's, he's, he's testifying that he has oh, I, mean, a, I gamble a lot. A lot of earnings. You won't see him on a tax return. No, no, because I spent most of it, but I earned a lot <laughs> I earned so much I had to rob a bank. <laughs> he has a system, That's Grant. how good I am at it. That's his That's system. How good. You hit quote, the bank when it's hot. I have been thinking about ripping off banks for a long time, and quote, Burkholder said, quote, I am not under the laws of government. There are not going to be any robbery whatsoever. Uh, end quote. Or no, all my actions are dictated by God. End quote. He later denied having intentions of robbing the bank. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I've been thinking about ripping off banks for a long time. All I want to do is ripping off a bank. So you wanted to rob a bank? I never saw. Oh. <laughs> what? No, no. Where are you getting that from? Oh man, I'm not bound by the laws of the United States government or by the words that I say. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, real quick. Oh, go ahead, Matt. Go you ahead, know, please. just to give you an, uh, a, a quick side story uh, from the from Putnam County. You're talking about things stay the same. As soon as you said he's in court saying, like, the laws of the government don't apply to me, I immediately thought of a recent Sentinel article that I read. Mm -hmm. I pulled it up here uh, from June 2016. Yeah, uh, that's my next article. Uh, okay, then I'll let you go. I'll let you go. <laughs> I, that one, like, is, as, a, as a regular Sentinel reader, that one stood out to me. So, Yeah, I remember one of us sent that to each I other. Digress. But yeah. Member of Sovereign Movement in Court. Yep. A defendant, this is, yeah, June 16th, 2016. A defendant in last Thursday's Putnam County court system said he was there unlawfully, claiming he is mischaracterized as a U.S. citizen and that the violations uh, he is charged with do not apply to him. Logan Potest of Toledo, a former resident of Ottawa, said he is an American national and that the court does not have jurisdiction over him. He's charged with two counts of, uh, he had some drugs. It's the second time uh, he's been in court. He, okay, so I might as well just read it. So this is also the second time that residents from Toledo, who claim to be American nationals, a sovereign citizen movement that espouses the belief that members are only answerable to their particular interpretation of common law and are not subject to any statutes or proceedings uh, at federal, state, or municipal levels, were in the courtroom with Potest. 
Um, it talks about uh, some of these people and how they're kind of like heckling the judge. Um, and he was appointed a lawyer, even though he's like, that's not my lawyer. And they're like, you need to have a guy sit next yeah, to you and tell you this gonna, stuff. You're going to want him to sit there. When Judge Basinger asked Pottis what he pled, Pottis again refused to cooperate by answering he did not understand. Quote, in this case, I will make the plea on your behalf. Quote, Judge Basinger told Pottis, quote, I am pleading not guilty on your behalf. End quote. Quote, is the court saying I'm not guilty? Pot- <laughs> quote, <laughs> Pottis asked. So is the court t- says, the court says I'm not guilty. You, you just said um, it yourself. Simon says situation here. <laughs> the last bit. Casey Smith um, says what? The last bit, um, although there, all these people are, uh, you're not part of our government, you're a corporation functioning illegally in this courthouse. Um, this is one of the like uh, people that are part of the movement that were supporting him. But I, but <laughs> Pata said he planned to sue the county 1,000 silver dollars for each minute he has unlawfully had to spend in jail. The court is going to pay full restitution to me, he told the judge. Everyone in this courtroom is completely oblivious to the Constitution. (laughs) (laughs) Both he and one of his supporters, they keep referencing the Constitution and how you're not following it. But you're also the sovereign citizen. So, like, if you're, how are you not part of. The, the government system, but you also follow the Constitution. Like, what do you think the Constitution is outlining? Man, I just love it that it's like, look, man, somebody mistakenly read this, and that's why they have, like, built all this. Like, the entire foundation of law and order and rules in the country and and the establishment of corporations and the payment of... T- all of this is due to, like, this one error. And I know it, though. Like, <laughs> Rick... But and it's never worked. This has never ever worked. Oh my god! But imagine looking at it and being like, Ugh. reading the Constitution. Imagine like being crazy enough to believe the shit that you're saying. You're reading through. It, you're like, yeah, yeah. This is pretty. Like flip a page. Yeah, yeah. I could rob a bank. Yeah, it's in here. <laughs> I get it away does with not it too. say that Corey J S of Ottawa, Ohio, cannot rob a bank. Well, no, so. it says Corey J F, but uh, <laughs> biz, that's because I didn't realize that the S's looked like F's right now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man, yeah, there. Uh, it, it's uh, it's the same the same thing, man. People are strange. Little Captain Travis, it's been fun taking a trip down memory lane. What year do you want to? Uh, what take? What year should we take the uh, time machine uh, back in the Sentinel for the next episode? Let us know. Email us uh, at freelegaladvicepodcast at gmail Hey, and if this modern era episode really wasn't your taste and you want us to go back, you want to see some good old-fashioned horse personal ads, uh, you can find them on Instagram. We are Free Legal Advice Podcast. And like Grant always says, you should follow us on Twitter. We've turned the hoses on Black Sabbath, Iron Maiden, Pantera, nothing but wet metal at Free Legal Pod. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm dropping the mic. I'm, I'm retiring. <laughs> it's my turn. Do I finish it now? Yes. <laughs> All right. And if you like the show, every time you hear a siren, listen to our podcast. It <laughs> might make us a million dollars. Classic. 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 A classic bit. Episode 162. So he was endowed with like this this martial prowess uh, based yes. on the spirits. Um, mm. Corey, like what are what what are some of these moves that uh, I mean, how would you describe 
Son Batling. I mean the the over. I mean Son Batling. The it's like uh, it's like how do you win? Well, Son Batling is the short answer. Um, it's a, it's an entire system uh, which makes it a, a martial art and not just a, a, a cool thing you can do. Um, uh, <laughs> several of the principles of how you um, how you apply uh, Son Batling. Um, there's two. There's two main principles. Um, winners don't use drugs, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the use of special Asian drugs. <laughs> um, now, uh, the, pr- the practitioner Asian drugs. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the practitioner of Sun Batling. Um, uh, some of the moves uh, you've probably seen it in like uh, all the cool movies and uh, stuff. Um, uh, like there's like jump. High jump, space jump, <laughs> and space jam. Um, and now you said like you know what I've seen I've seen kung fu guys do that I, I've seen that before. But Sun Battling also has the crouch, the high crouch, the space crouch, and <laughs> the crouch jam, and the, <laughs> crouch jam. They have crouch jam. And the crouch jam. Also, um, also the idle animation and uh, flying dragon, uh, the famous Hiro Nuken. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that idle animation so, is deadly. I, you can get yeah, kicked out of, out of school just for even like pretending to do that. My idle animation <laughs> is a deadly weapon. Grant, um, were, was it was it was it true that some of these moves were used to defeat those assassin? Uh, assa- poli- uh, oh yes, uh, all pretty much all he did was uh, crouch, crotch jam. <laughs> he, he just cr- anything with the crotch is, is what he was really targeting at, at the time. Ah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, don't forget this is also this isn't just a hand-based uh, hand-to-hand uh, based uh, system of fi- system of fighting. System oh, no, or yeah, system. There's also system like improvised weaponry and all there's all right. sorts of stuff. And you know, Sun Battling is famous for um, uh, weapons such as the blow dart, Ooh. a pizza cutter, the two-handed <laughs> pizza cutter, and the three-handed the three pizza, pizza cutter. cutter. <laughs> 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 it's one of those it's one of those, um, and you know, like the the deep practitioners will have things like you know, there's the um, there's like the the secret moves. Uh, the secret move of song battling is um, you're really good at rap battles. Ooh. Oh, um, yeah. It's uh, and the trick is you just re- you just recite the kata backwards, and it's just it's a killer beat <laughs> that people wanna that people wanna get down to. Uh, encompassed in the entire philosophy of the fighting system, which is if do right, no can defense. Oh man, that's sweet. <laughs> It's a classic. <laughs> that's, that's a philosophy I live by. Uh, mm-hmm. I base my whole life on sun battling yeah. philosophy of if do right, no can defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think a lot of people do that and they don't even realize what you know pr- principles they're following. You know, they don't realize where it comes from. Nope. Well, that's kind of the beauty of the system, right? It's like it, it's a truth that's already out there. It's, yeah. it's, it's that you know exactly. That's how you know it's true. Someone else <laughs> already said it. <laughs> <laughs> if two people say it, it's true. That's, that's, uh, true. that's a fact. That's true. See? And there we go. And there we go. Look at that guy crouch jamming. It must be true. <laughs> that guy jamming his own crotch. Wow. <laughs> I, I, we have much to learn from him. <laughs> so wise. So wise. Turn internet over.